Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Higher Ed Geek Podcast, episode number 168, with Greg Van Cleef of Alintra. Uh, so really unique uh, conversation here talking about health science education and uh, kind of the uh, digital education wave, how that's showing up uh, in that space, given just kind of the uh, disruptive time for uh, healthcare over these past two years. So really appreciated his perspectives and his time. Yeah, so if I sound a little bit different for this intro, I am still uh, out and about and traveling. Um, so uh, currently at Educause as of the recording of this episode. Uh, so uh, if you are listening to it right when it comes out, hopefully I'll see you there if you are uh, here in Denver. But uh, just excited to be getting out and about for uh, more conferences and events uh, in the coming months. So uh, as usual, uh, please do take our listener survey. It's just always great to be getting continued input from uh, who's listening and what they like about the show. Uh, check out the merch store, some great holiday uh, gift ideas there for your Hired Geek Podcast lover in your life. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, just connect with Greg and Alentra uh, in the description of this episode as well. Without further ado, this is episode number 168 with Greg Van Cleef. So we have a unique topic for today, but as another uh, sort of exploration of how digital education is impacting um, the world of higher education. Uh, so this you know, a particularly sort of hands-on field of sort of health-related uh, fields and everything, um, you know, they, they are being impacted by this as well um, and seeing really creative ways that we can uh, support online learning for uh, folks in the kind of health sciences-related field. So uh, we will start out, as we always do, uh, with introductions. We'll have our guests introduce themselves and give a brief overview of their professional background and how they got to be where they are today. Greg Van Cleef. I'm the CEO of Elentra Corp. Uh, we are a uh, platform that uh, serves uh, health sciences education institutions worldwide and uh, based out of uh, Canada, Kingston, uh, Ontario in Canada. And uh, we're uh, delighted to be participating in your, in your podcast today. It's, um, it's uh, thrilled to, uh, to be here with you. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate you jumping on. So, I guess in terms of um, your professional background, like how did you come to uh, this unique work? Because, like I said, I think you know, teaching you know health-related fields is sort of a very specialized thing. But then, sort of how we're augmenting that work in sort of this digital age uh, is pretty unique as well. So, what what kind of brought you to this work? What well, what brought me personally to this work was uh, just the the interest uh, that I had in what uh, what Elentra was doing uh, to really revolutionize the way that uh, uh, health science education was being delivered it uh, it struck me when I was presented with the opportunity as being uh, something that was um, really fascinating. Um, I came to this uh, to this role as CEO of the company um, out of uh, background in venture capital, um, where I was uh, investing in and uh, building and supporting um, young SaaS software as a service uh, uh, companies that were providing uh, you know B2B software and I had established a really good understanding of how you how you build a viable business, how you scale a company, how you um, uh, develop you know cloud-based software uh, offerings and 
um, when I was presented with what Electra was doing and the challenges that they that the company was uh, trying to help health science educators overcome um, from the perspective of a SaaS uh, offering, I thought that was just an incredible uh, opportunity and. Um, so uh you know that that uh that really strongly appealed to me and uh i've uh so i joined the company in october of last year and have just uh, really enjoying my work with the team and exploring the industry and uh learning as much as i can about what the state of the art is and what the challenges are for educators yeah and i mean um I guess if you want to dig in a little bit, because again, I think the work that you're doing is very unique. Um, you know, and you kind of gave the sort of elevator pitch of it before, but mm-hmm. feel free to kind of get in uh, to the nuts and bolts of it all of what you do in uh, supporting universities sort of doing their, you know, health related field uh, education. Yeah. So we're, we offer a platform that helps uh, universities administer, deliver and manage their their curriculum um, and provides a single source of truth about a learner's journey from day one all the way through to their alumni years and uh, that includes everything from undergrad to postgrad uh, to clinical experience um, you know all their clinical rotations uh, managing their their relationships with uh, and, and uh, engagements with preceptors. Um, and and we also offer an industry-leading uh, competency-based education capability within the platform. So we're really uh, surrounding the state-of-the-art of um, health sciences education from a pedagogy and methodology perspective, and, but uh, capturing that in a software platform that and that administrators, faculty, and learners, as well as uh, you know the extended uh, community of preceptors uh, and accrediting bodies, all those touch points being addressed um, in a single platform, allowing universities to be much more efficient uh, because they're using a single tool instead of. Uh, a number of uh, loosely integrated tools and also being much more cost effective uh, in the way that they're uh, they're managing their their budgets and um, being able to take advantage of uh, you know reducing complexity and cost awesome yeah i mean all important things for anyone working in higher education today but Mm -hmm. i think I presume especially so for those in kind of the health-related fields and everything, given everything that's been sort of happening specifically within that uh, profession over these past two years, it's been, you know, tumultuous for any of us, you know, just a disruptive time. But, you know, healthcare is going through its own unique struggles and, you know, just demand uh, that's been continuing for uh, qualified individuals to be working. So, um you know, at large, I'll kind of just have this be a very open-ended question. Take it as you will. But, mm-hmm. you know, what do you see as the current landscape, you know, for health science, you know, health-related uh, education right now? Well, as you said, it's uh, it's it's going through, it's a sector that's going through an, an enormous amount of transition. Um, we're seeing more and more programs and disciplines adopting a competency-based approach. Um, We are seeing uh, 
uh, obviously, you know, coming uh, coming through the experience the last uh, couple of years with the pandemic, we're seeing an increasing reliance on hybrid delivery models. Um, you know, we saw the explosion of uh, you know remote uh, remote exam capabilities and proctoring um, that went from being almost non-existent to being uh, you know, in some cases, the dominant method of testing and assessing uh, learners. Uh, all of this has contributed to, uh, you know, an, an exciting period. It, you, know, you could view it as being, um, you know, a period of instability, but it's an exciting period of transition as uh, as institutions are coming to grips with. Um, you know, changes in their, uh, the way that learners uh, consume information, consume learning, um, the way that uh, the institutions themselves are, um, are set up to deliver that learning and assess it um, has, uh, has compelled institutions to look at everything from the uh, the skill sets of their their faculty all the way through to their tools and infrastructure and uh, it's really uh, an end-to-end -end assessment that's uh, underway um, right across uh, pretty much uh, all all institutions well it makes me think yeah I mean like the changes in how education is delivered you know having it be, hybrid or completely online and then mm -hmm. like you mentioned like competency-based things like you know there is such a demand for uh professionals in this space just with kind of its expansion and uh turnover and everything and i know just sort of like anecdotally seeing too where there's like you know unique demands in rural areas and stuff so i feel like that kind of plays in as well at least sort of the digital education part of it where um you know, if you have a fully online program, somebody who lives in that area and may want to work in that profession, they couldn't get the information without, you know, get the credential without moving away. But if they can stay where they are and then maybe do sort of like clinical work as they're finishing their degree where they are and, you know, uh, those sort of things, like that just makes a lot more sense versus someone like moving really far away. And they'll probably stay somewhere around where they went, you know, to college in person, you know, that just is kind of how it shakes out often. So, um, you know, that kind of like segues to my question, because I think this is maybe where we'll spend a lot of our time for this conversation is like the impact that you are seeing digital education having on, you know, health related fields, because I think there's that part of it of like, you know, delivering it to where people are, but then there's also just sort of the, you know, the data component and tracking and just sort of, you know, that kind of augmentation and then just like being able to explore you know concepts in different ways so i think we can kind of get into all that but you know we'll start with just sort of like you know the access portion um and that impact that you're seeing digital education having in this space well i mean that's that's everything in this day and age right it's uh it's the revolution that broadband networks has has brought to the entire world, not just education. It's it really has um, given access to everybody to everything, and um, you know the the challenge now for institutions is to you know 
understand uh, how that impacts their delivery models and adapt um, in a way that allows them to be competitive and be effective in continuing to deliver the to the standards that they've established for themselves. Um, you know, something you mentioned as simple as, uh, well, as simple, but something as essential as, um, you know, their, their clinical um, rotations. Um, in, in an era where um, you can literally connect to a preceptor anywhere in the world uh, with, a, with a mobile app and ask them to monitor, work with, and assess the performance of one of their interns, it's, uh, you know, that opens up an entirely new avenue for the institutions that previously have um, had to have really strong local relationships with hospitals and clinics where they could place their their learners in their clinical rotations. Now it opens up the entire world if the institution has the capacity to um, to manage and engage with preceptors um, remotely, and that's that's a capability that we offer. But uh, you know, I mean, we're we're not you necessarily unique in that way, but we do offer uh, a, a really good solution that allows. Um, allows that to happen and that uh, that broadens now that that broadens the opportunity for the institution to have literally global relationships um, and uh, and f- from a from a clinical experience perspective that uh, you know if, if you're a learner um, in a remote part of the, the country or Perhaps even internationally, and the institution that you're you're um, uh, that you're enrolled with is able to offer you clinical rotations in your home uh, area. Um, that's that has a lot of value to you from a and to the university from a recruiting perspective as well. So, um, you know, there's, there's there's just so much in this conversation that. Uh, is is really a fundamental change to the business model of delivering uh, higher education, and, uh, and we're you know we're just uh, I think as an industry we're really just scraping the front end front end of it, and uh, there's so much more that can and will be done that's going to uh, have dramatic impact in the future. Yeah, absolutely, and I think. Something that came to mind as you're sort of talking with within all these sort of facets that I mentioned of sort of how digital digital education is showing up here is like, you know, because access is a very buzzworthy part of this and a very important part of it. But like simply getting a student, you know, into a program and into a class, you know, that is also kind of just the beginning. And then, you know, how do you support them to be uh, successful? So I think like um Thinking of you know a first generation student or someone who's been out of school for a long time, uh, you know having like a really robust kind of digital ecosystem and support structures and just being able to track you know student performance and things like that, like it makes me think of like this these sort of things would help more students be successful as well because you can really see you know student activity and you know how students are performing and reach out to the right students at the right time about the right things, you know, which is always just sort of on my mind where, you know, you're not just doing this sort of like 
mass email sort of scattershot approach, you know, that can be part of it where it's just like, hey, everybody, here's like a really important thing. Everybody needs to know mm-hmm. and all that. Like, hey, you, like, I see that you are kind of struggling with, you know, this particular concept. And that, right. that can be, you know, faculty or staff member, but just like having that like kind of just, you know, sort of visual uh, visual and sort of accessible for uh, those stakeholders. Like, I just love to see that stuff because I think, you know, uh, having someone who's sort of like looking out for you and checking in and also kind of just like knows what's going on. Because I think like, you know, otherwise it's like you're asking a student like, hey, how's it going? And they'll probably be like, oh, everything's all right. And you're like, all right, cool. Like, well, I'm here for you. Let me know if you need me. And you sort of like pat yourself on the back and you're like, cool. Like I, I did my part, but it's like, you kind of know better and you can maybe play coy about it or whatever, but like you know that there's certain people that maybe need to be triaged to the top of your list to, you know, be offered tutoring support or something, you know, because they are just struggling academically. So I guess like, what what are your thoughts on that of sort of like, you know, yeah, like one part of it being the access part of the equation, but then like, for me, my my world and my background is so much more in that sort of like retention and student support. And I think any of these sort of things really, really help with that too. No, it's you're absolutely right. Again, there's 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 so much technology can do anything. It's just a matter of, you know, building what it is you want it to do. Um, uh, and so you overcome as you encounter challenges, you find a solution, you overcome it, and you adopt that, that capability. And hopefully, it improves your life and the quality of what you're you're trying to achieve. Um, and and you just keep moving forward. So, you know, one of the things that came to my mind as you were just you were just talking there, Dustin, was that you know, we we offer a really good solution for attendance tracking, for example. And mm-hmm. you know, in the world of hybrid learning or or even remote learning, this has been a problem. Like how do you as an how, how do you as an educator know be you can tell whether a learner has logged in for your session, for your your lecture. How do you know that they haven't just logged in and then walked away from the screen? Um, how do you know that they haven't um, opened a piece of content and, you know, that should take them an, an hour and 15 minutes to, to consume, um, whether it's advancing through a PowerPoint and reading it or, you know, ev- advancing through the pages of reading material but you know you can tell that they've that they've progressed through all you know 215 pages of reading but you don't know if they did that in a span of 20 seconds or it took them two hours right Mm. um so we can tell that now because that's the nature of technology you can tell uh, you know, time, effort, attendance. You can even tell location with geotagging. You know whether a student is actually in the lecture hall or whether they're on campus or whether they they logged in for class. So they, uh, uh, but uh, you know, maybe they're at a Starbucks location someplace. Um, and by and that's not from a perspective. I'm not I'm not raising this from the perspective of you know, aha, I caught you kind of thing. It's it's understanding the context of, you know, what your learners are doing, how they're consuming the the material and the opportunities to learn, and giving you as an educator a better insight into, as you said, coaching them, identifying maybe where they're struggling or excelling, and giving them the appropriate coaching and guidance they need to, to be successful. 
and and correct course correcting where needed, right? Um, and and so this is all this is all part of the uh, part of the transition to a digital learning environment. It's all part of making sure as an institution that you are deploying the right tools and methods and uh, capacities for this generation of learners and and the 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 skills experience and um, and needs that they're bringing to their learning experience are are very different than what we've historically done um, and how we've historically delivered education but um, you know schools are always dealing with this they're always grappling with it and uh, it's really just from a from my perspective as the leader of a technology company it's a really exciting time because there's there's uh, there's a lot that we can do there's a lot of ways that we can help um, there's a lot of capabilities that we can bring to bear and and understanding those needs and understanding the art of the possible is uh, is what sets successful technology providers uh, apart. Yeah, I love that. I mean, I because I've been like feeling sort of like cheesy, but just sort of like that idea, like as, as an optimist, the idea of like, hey, let's use our imaginations to just like think of what's possible and you know try to make it happen. You know, and 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 it comes up sometimes when. I guess where I feel especially cheesy is just thinking about like, you know, what like our governments and sort of institutions and stuff like have been able to accomplish, you know, in terms of like getting resources and support to all, you know, all these sort of people and just being like, see, we can do it if we like, you know, put the resources to it and the willpower and all work together and all that. So it's like, yeah, like I, I choose to take sort of an optimistic kind of inspirational, um, you know, kind of lens to all that. And, uh, yeah, I mean that that's like what this moment demands of us, I think, uh, you know, certainly in this context and many others, but like, you know, healthcare needs qualified professionals to do all the sorts of work that uh needs to be done and to just provide, you know, more access for uh patients to get, you know, quality care and stuff. So it's like, you know, let us let us meet this moment and, you know, yeah, just think about what's possible and, you know, and make it happen. So um with that very optimistic uh, sort of preamble, you know, I, I like talking about, you know, this sort of stuff with folks to kind of see like, what are they sort of eyeing and sort of the, uh, you know, kind of hazy future that is still developing and everything. Like what excites you about the future with this work? So I, you know, I imagine again that you're, you know, seeing, you know, institutions sort of be receptive more now than maybe they had in the past to, you know, the, the necessity of these sort of, uh, solutions and things, but just sort of like, what are you seeing kind of coming on the horizon, and what what are you what are you excited for uh, for the future of your your work? Yeah, and, and that's a that's a great great question, Dustin. the 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 nature of the change of that I'm involved in, that our our company Elantra is involved in, is um, is really the transition from helping these institutions make the transition from, you know, what can we build internally in our IT department and kind of integrate to make, uh, make things work so that we can just get the job done. Transitioning that to um, a commercially viable, scalable business model with, you know, leveraging the power of cloud computing and, uh, and the, the power of scale 
Um, in other words, you know, not building a solution to support one program in one institution, but building a solution that supports thousands of institutions. Um, it's a very different problem set to solve, but it brings an enormous amount of power with it to, to overcome challenges that a single institution would otherwise have to you know, try to muddle through and, and, and settle for some kind of suboptimal uh, solution. So you know, we're looking now at bringing to bear uh, not just the power of cloud computing, but we're bringing to bear the power of AI, and we're and you know that's going to uh, inform in you know really insightful and useful reporting capabilities and analytics and visualization capabilities that institutions have not been able to employ in the past that will give them a really much much better um, view of what it is they're doing, how they're how they're delivering, uh, how they're performing, how their learners are performing, you know, where the opportunities are. Um, those insights are are going to begin to yield, you know, big big benefits going forward, and that's that's really exciting for us. Um, you know, there's uh, there's so much that that can that can be achieved when you are able to employ those kinds of capabilities, but it only it only is possible when you're talking about uh, you know big scale, you know really commercially driven solutions. It's it's much more difficult to take advantage of and leverage that capability when you're just talking about unique one-off institutions or programs. You need the big data sets. You, you really need the big data sets to be able to leverage that kind of learning, uh, machine learning, AI, um, and, uh, and all of uh, all the power that brings. So those, you know, that's really where I think the big opportunity is in, in the next, uh, you know, uh, next year or, or two. And, uh, we're we're really excited at Elantra to uh, to be uh, taking advantage of that. Good stuff. I mean, yeah, it's just one of those things of looking at the the challenge of this moment as sort of an opportunity and seeing you know uh, the investments that are being made and uh, all that like bearing out a lot of great results and outcomes uh, for students and you know certainly ultimately for the institutions as well. But um, yeah, there's certainly uh, a lot to do, but there's like I think you know now more than ever we have so many great tools to uh, yeah to do do everything that's needed. But um, so as we wind down, uh, we can have our two standard closing questions. Uh, mm -hmm. First is like really quick if there's any sort of resources to share, um, anything that's sort of relevant to this topic uh, that we can include in the show notes. Just, uh, you know, I would uh, refer anybody that's interested to, you know, in, in what we're doing at Elentra, you know, please have a look at our website, um, maybe uh, follow us on LinkedIn, and uh, um, you know, we're, uh, we're more than happy to communicate uh, with, uh, with anyone who has questions or an interest in, in what we're doing at the company. That uh, you know, just community. Just I would offer uh, those uh, those contact points. My LinkedIn address is also a great way to get in touch with me. Perfect. Well, I appreciate you uh, making yourself available as a as a resource. That is great. 
Um, and then uh, as our final question, we kind of give our guests the opportunity to share just a final concluding thought or call to action on this topic uh, to end the episode. So however you'd like to kind of wrap everything up, uh, the floor is yours. <laughs> Thanks. Wow. Um, that is that is wide open. But, uh, you know, I, I just I encourage people to be uh, to be creative, to be innovative and to challenge your uh, to challenge your service providers, your your broader community, your support community to look at what it is um, they do for you and ways that uh, that you can improve your uh, your service offering as an institution. If you are an educator, um, and you have a, a given set of vendors, I, hopefully, you know, Elantra is or will be one of them. But even if we're not, to challenge your challenge your suppliers to keep you informed about your about their product roadmap, tell to tell you what it is they're planning on building, to involve you in their thinking about um, how they're going to mature and, and improve their their products and their offerings going forward. Because if you're not involved in those conversations, um, A, the vendors uh, are, are likely to make poorly informed decisions um, because they're not getting a good a signal from the market about what, what's required. And, uh, and B, you know, um, because uh, vendors are, uh, you know, dri driven by a top and bottom line financially, um, you know they're they're going to default to you know taking um, taking the most uh, cost-effective path, and uh, sometimes you know uh, it, where investments needed um, that that involves uh, vendors taking a risk and doing something that's uh, that that they otherwise might uh, might not be inclined to do. But um, you know, hearing from customers is the very best way. For uh, companies like Elantra to to know whether we're on track, whether we're building what's needed for the marketplace, and whether we're doing a good job of building it, and uh, that's uh, that's where we really uh, put a lot of attention organizationally is to make sure that we're we're listening, we're paying attention. Uh, we don't always get it right, but uh, we we sure do try hard to. Uh, to, to get as close as possible. Well, I, I love that. I mean, it just the sort of openness with being kind of like held accountable, you know, like I think there's so much sort of like expansion of the adoption of different ed tech tools and everything. And like no one kind of in the equation should sort of get complacent, you know? Right. Exactly. Um, so, uh, cause it's like at the end of the day, it's like, it's the students are going to suffer, you know, for there's this sort of, you know, low quality tools or things that aren't even being used or aren't even being used to their full potential or, you know, there's just sort of gaps and stuff. So um, I love that as a, as a great call to action. And I appreciate you so much, Greg, for, for hanging out and sharing all that you did and for, uh, for doing this work. So we'll have ways to connect with you and everything you mentioned in the show notes. Uh, so um, yeah, just thanks again. This was, uh, this was really uh, interesting to me. I learned a lot. <laughs> Thanks, Dustin. I, I really enjoyed the conversation and thrilled to do it and uh, appreciate the invitation. Thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode of the Higher Ed Geek podcast.